Mine's good. Life good! Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Oh, good. Good day. Uh, watching a little, uh, little football today. So, overall, I would say it's good. And it, it's a Sunday, so. Yeah, so we're recording this Sunday. We're going to release it uh, Monday night. We're going to update everyone on the Canada Canada Inns Canada events. Inns. I always say it wrong. Uh, that event, uh, at the end of the show, we'll also update you on the event, the women's event in Basel, at the end of the show, as well as the big mixed doubles event that happened out in Sherwood Park, Alberta this weekend with a not-so-surprising results out there when you mm-hmm. looked at the field. So we'll, we'll do all that at the end of the episode. So if you're interested just in what happened this weekend, you can fast-forward. But the real reason we're here, Scott, the next leg of the Grand Slam of curling kicking off this week. Yeah, Sean, we've got the, the Masters coming up out in Truro, Nova Scotia. Yes, so we got some live curling for our down east friends, you know. Uh, a lot of this live curling, especially early in the seasons out west. A little bit here in Ontario. But finally, we've got uh, a big event for those folks down east. Yeah, and a little different, of course, from the Elite 10, where with each men and women's teams, we had 10 teams each. This event, 15 teams on each side of the ledger. And no special rules this time. Last time, not only was it the match play format you also had the timing rules the no stopwatches the tick rule none of that is in play for this event this is a strictly traditional points eight ends let the best team win situation straight up curling Mm -hmm. and for early in the year this is going to be our our first chance to see a lot of these teams on tv you know a lot of them have played on youtube or uh other other venues so far this season which has been amazing I know we talked about it last week about uh, the technology and stuff, but it's been cool to see them all uh, on YouTube. But a lot of these teams will be their first exposure on TV uh, to Canadians. Yeah, so this will be fun. And I think, too, if you compare this to the Elite 10, certainly the Curling World Cup, I think teams now really have their legs under them. They've played in a few events each, especially those new teams. We've seen them together a couple of times. Yeah. I think this will be the first big test to see who's really coming together well, especially as we lead into the Canada Cup. And I know that the Canada Cup this year isn't as important as it will be next year and the year following, certainly. But, you know, you win the Canada Cup this year, you do get a guaranteed spot in the pre-trials. Now, whoever wins it is likely going to would, have or would have a anyway. spot anyway, uh, if not, or have a spot guaranteed in the trials. But it still is a pretty big event. So the Masters here, I think, is a nice little bellwether or mm. barometer to see where we are exactly with all these teams yeah, so yeah, yeah. uh so let's get into the field here 15 teams each gender as we mentioned let's start with the men's side okay and of the draw let's let's sean let's go pool by pool yeah let's and, do that uh, yeah. talk about how we feel about the teams in each pool so we'll start with the pool a the five teams in pool a in alphabetical order team adine team epping Team Jacobs, Team Patterson, and Team Schwaller. Yeah, so that's Pool B, but thank you. I'm on the Grand Slam of Curling site, and it says Pool A. Pool B. Well, somebody's wrong. All right. 
But that's one of the pools. How's that? Yeah, okay. It's who cares? It's one of them. Yeah, one of the pools is this. It says it says pool A right there. Pool A. Sure does. On the Grand Slam of Curling site. Yes, but also on the Grand Slam of Curling site, and if you look at the standings, it's listed as pool B. Well so who cares? Whatever. It's one of the pools. So hopefully someone gets that glitch worked out at some Jeez, point. Jeez, hey uh Grand Slam of Curling, figure it out. Get it together. But okay, so we've got five great teams here. Uh Team Patterson is Ross Patterson from, from Scotland. And Team Yannick Schwaller is that fourth or fifth team from Switzerland. So yeah. maybe teams that uh, curling fans aren't not as familiar with as the other three. Uh, but looking at this field, what team do you think uh, stands out as the clear favorite if there is one, Sean? I would say right now, probably John Epping as the favorite. They had a good week uh, a couple weeks ago back at the Stu Salas in Toronto. They had a strong week. At that event, they seem to me like the team that, out of these five, has it the most together at this point. We've seen Brad Jacobs at a couple events. He's been okay. Yep. You know, as we're speaking right now, the Cannons isn't done yet, so we'll see what happens there. That might have to revise where where I feel about this team. But John Epping is that team that I really feel as though veteran team got it together, coming together nicely. Nicodine, they had a really good week where they won. Yes, uh, in, uh, last week in overseas Switzerland. in Switzerland at the event there, and that was a pretty good field. Peter de Cruz was in that field. Yannick Schwaller, I believe, was in that field as well. That's right. So maybe they're getting back on track. I'd like to see it first. Sure. Before I feel really confident, given the start of the, to the season that they've had, Ross Patterson. It's hard to pick them. As a young team, same with Schwaller. This is a very young team, all guys in their early 20s coming over, playing in these events. And this is the sort of thing I think is interesting where at some point they're going to challenge Peter DeCruz for a spot. Mm -hmm. And it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out in Switzerland and at what point does the team eventually start to be a serious challenger for the spot in the world championships. And of course they're looking ahead obviously to Beijing in 2022. Yeah. But in the interim, I don't think they're quite ready to compete at this type of event with this type of field. So for me, I would have to say going into it, I really like John Epping in this pool. Yeah, Sean, I got nothing uh, different to say there other than you know, that. Maybe Nicodine found their, their legs over in Basel a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you can never really count out the Swedish Viking team. But the way John Epping is playing right now, they, they're, they've they got to be the clear favorites to come out of this pool. So, Okay, so that's our look at pool A slash B, depending on where you're looking at things. Now let's move on. Let's move to pool other A slash B, depending on where you're looking at, at, at things. And this is a, a pool that I think is a little more top-heavy when you look at it where you have Reed Carruthers, Matty Dunstone, Jason Gunlison, Brad Gushu, John Schuster. Yeah, this this uh, team is, or this pool overall, is pretty darn good, Sean. Uh, out of these five teams, we saw Reed Carruthers win the Stu Cells last weekend in Toronto. And Brad Gushu, I mean, Brad Gushu is Brad Gushu. He's, he's going Gushu. Yes. Uh, so not playing a lot. Not, not playing a lot, but they won the Elite Ten. And uh, now they're like setting them up to knock them down again, you know. Uh, 
the team Carruthers, the way they're playing is pretty good. Matt Dunstone, uh, their team is playing a bit more than these other teams, so they could be could be a uh, you know force to be reckoned with. And Team Schuster as well playing in that Canadians Classic event this weekend. Which we don't know the outcome yet. Uh, but they've yet. been eliminated. But as we're recording this, they already have been eliminated. Okay, I saw them playing last night. From that event, won. yeah. So they're out. They uh, went 3-3 three and three in that event. And, and I want to talk about John Schuster a little bit. Because last year coming out of the Olympics, obviously a lot of energy behind them. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. But they have not had the greatest start to the season, and you can make an argument they weren't particularly good last year either. Not really, For no. the season, 39 and 36, a lot of games. And even in that Olympics, they had a good four days. Yeah, they got uh, hot at the right time. And all credit to them, they won. They won the event. They're gold medalists, and nobody can ever take that away from them. Yeah. But I wonder if that, that, that hot streak that they got on, if that raised expectations to an unrealistic level for this team, because... You know, they don't qualify here in the Canadians event. They went 0 for 3 at the Stu Cells hmm. last weekend as well, a triple knockout event. And they're not losing exactly to the most powerful teams on tour. They lost to Team Wilsley, who's ranked 54 in the order of merit. Team Smith, Greg Smith from Newfoundland and Labrador, who we saw last year at the Briar. They're ranked 101 on the order of merit. And Team Roy from. Quebec, they're ranked 32 on the order of merit, and they lose all three of those games. So they're not, with all due respect to those three teams, they're not losing at an event to Gushu, Jacobs, Carruthers in three games, right? So I wonder whether or not that, if the expectations for this team are too high. You know, they have a great platform in the United States. Curly Night in America kicked off last oh, Friday. Yeah, yeah. It's great every Friday night on NBC Sports Network. If you're in the States and you watch that, I won't spoil what the results are because it's all it's already all pre-taped. Yeah. It's all already happened. But you know, maybe aside from that, they haven't had the greatest start to the season, with the exception of making it to the final of the events in Winnipeg at the Granite Club. And that was in August. Right. And I, I've said that anything that happens in August doesn't, doesn't count. count. <laughs> so it, it's hard for me to see this team mm-hmm. as a powerhouse. And if they had just had their Olympic experience, even they made the playoffs there, I, I feel as though the expectations wouldn't be as, as high and we would look at John Schuster as a team that they're they're nice, they're good, they can win some games, but because they won that gold medal, I think people expect them to qualify at every event and to make a deep run into playoffs a lot. But historically, that's not who they are. No, and and you know they've got a change in their lineup at third. Chris Place coming in to to replace Tyler George. So you know we've talked a lot about these Canadian teams that have shaken it up over this past off season and having them, you know, need a few events to find their legs. And it's the same with this team. I mean, Tyler George was sort of the conduit of communication between the front end and, and John Schuster and the way they had things worked out was working pretty well. And it takes time to learn uh, to get together with somebody new. And so, yeah, you're right. Maybe we are expecting too much of this team, given that they are gold medal champions. And, and like you said, 
around 500 on the season last year and playing in quite a few events. I mean, 39 and 36, that's giving you... It's a lot of games. Uh, what, what is it, 86 events? 85? Well, so 75, 75 games. 75 games, not events. Right, right, right. But, but <laughs> that's like that's quite a lot of games. Yeah, you're playing to, to a play lot. season. Yeah, and but to be fair, you know, you come off the Olympics and you have a couple of events and you're... Really but they and, and they didn't even go to the worlds or the or no, nationals, so you know, like that's a lot of events. It's a lot of it's a lot of games, games for sure. So maybe it's just some a hangover in that as well. But again, we've seen them at Continental Cups in the past. We've seen them at World Championships. We've seen them at Olympics, yeah. and not, be great. not have the strongest of records. And again, they're gold medalists. They're better than I am ever going to be. But I don't want it to be a situation where we look at team schuster and have this expectation that they should be in the playoffs every event because historically that's just not what we've seen from this squad so and you and to be honest like looking at the rest of this pool exactly they're definitely not going to make the playoffs exactly so i I would say here this is why i think this is a top heavy pool where reed carruthers and brad gushu i think whoever wins the game between the two of them wins the pool pool, to be honest now things can happen obviously but they're, I think, the class of the pool here. Yeah, and I don't think that's a stretch to say that. You know, I mean, Brad Gushu's been the top one or two teams in the world the last three seasons. So, uh, to to my money, that's where it's at. So, look, look, uh, we've talked about those two pools. Do you want to go to Pool C now? Yeah, so let's go to Pool C, which is Pool C, I think, wherever you look. No matter where you look, this <laughs> it's is Pool C. C. So we got Glenn Howard, Kevin Cooey, Bruce Mowat, Jamie Murphy... And Stefan Wallstad. Now, Jamie Murphy, a lot of you might be saying, why is Jamie Murphy here? Uh, at most of these Grand Slam events, there is a sponsor's exemption. And in the event of the Masters, they've picked two Nova Scotia teams. And Jamie Murphy, as the whatever five or six-time Nova Scotia champion, uh, defending champion, I think, at that too, mm-hmm. has been selected to play here. So he gets into the field and if you remember in the briar he did make it into that championship pool that's right i uh, didn't yeah. have the greatest time in that championship pool but he did make it and we've seen jamie murphy in the past especially early in weeks at the briar it's not rare for him to come out and go two and one yeah three and two early on in a week so don't sleep on a jamie murphy upset here early in the week uh but if you look at this pool you would have to expect kevin cooey to be the heavy favorite yeah yeah for sure sean i mean that you say don't sleep on jamie murphy but uh whatever sleep on jamie murphy their team's not advancing out of this pool there's a zero percent chance and that's a scott guarantee wow so okay yeah, there I'm, you go. I'm putting it on the line here but for when we're looking at who might uh really rival, that's a guarantee hold on like scott guarantee okay now but what like, but we've seen jamie murphy Pull off games that he shouldn't pull off in the first, second, third draws of events. Not playing against He's teams of this caliber. He's been able to do this. Not playing against teams right, of this caliber. Okay. Playing against Eddie McKenzie, sure, maybe he'll pull out a win here and there. Or, or you know, oh, he's playing a Jim Cotter team that doesn't have John Morris on it. Oh, maybe he's he's got the upset going, but... But listen, like he's uh, playing. Okay, so he's playing Glenn Howard. I want to, yeah. I want to present you with a roadmap here for Jamie Murphy. Tell he me, plays, Sean. He plays Glenn Howard in draw one. Okay. Okay. And this is going to be then on the twenty third of October, so next Tuesday night. 
uh, he opens that event against Glenn Howard. Then on Wednesday morning, he gets Kevin Cooey. So if he wins that first round, again, we've seen him do this. Glenn Howard is not the Glenn Howard of 10 years ago, and nor is that team. Then Kevin Cooey, if he hasn't figured out the ice yet, and Jamie Murphy is good at figuring out the ice before everybody else, Jamie Murphy is 2-0, and Playing Bruce Bowett and Stephen Wallstead. Sean, you're you're living in a dream world here, bud. I think that I think the schedule works out well for what Jamie Murphy does well. Well, do, do you want to do you want to put something on this? Do you want to bet some dinner? No, I'm presenting the roadmap for Jamie Murphy and all our blue noser fans out there. Okay, well that's great, but uh, yeah, cheer as loud as you want. It doesn't matter. They're not going to advance. They're the fifth team in this pool. Uh, easy, no questions about it. The question that I have is, is Bruce Mowat going to be playing well, coming off of, uh, I think they were fourth place maybe at the Basel Masters, or or maybe I'm wrong, but Stefan Volstead was in the finals against Nicodin in that event. Those two teams are playing quite well, so, so I could see Volstead doing well. Uh, I can see Glenn Howard doing well. Their team just seems to make the playoffs all the time. I know they missed, uh, they missed the first event, and as Jason told us, and you know, uh, I I will never count out the old the old veteran there. So in my mind, it's Kevin Cooey and then Wallstead, Mowat, Howard, just a step behind, and Jamie <laughs> Murphy probably like. 10 steps behind. Wow. It's really nice that he gets to play at an event in Nova Scotia. For growing the game, it's great. All that stuff. But So you don't think Jamie Murphy wins a game? I would, I would be surprised if he won more than one game. Wow, okay. I could see him winning a game, but yeah, I would be pretty surprised. All right, so there you go. So Scott is down on Jamie Murphy there. So those are the 15 teams within the three pools. Tag Jamie Murphy in this this, uh, post on Twitter. Yeah, nobody believes in you, Jamie Murphy, but I do. Prove me wrong, Jamie Murphy. I got your back, Jamie Murphy. I am in the Jamie Murphy. I will buy all of your Jamie Murphy stock. Wow. Hit me with Jamie Murphy. I want Jamie. He is going to do well in this event. He is going to make the championship pool at the Briar once again this oh, year. Oh, you're so wrong. I am in on Jamie Murphy. Oh, I love watching Jamie Murphy play. Uh, it's so much fun oh, boy. Uh, to watch. So, do you, want, do you want to close out then our discussion of the men's event? Yeah, so and- let's, let's do our pick. So to recap, what we're going to do from now on is we'll each pick four teams in an mm-hmm. event. You get one point for whether or not that team makes the playoffs. And you out, we're also going to pick a winner. If you pick the winner correctly, you get an extra point. We are currently, after two events of picking, are tied seven points each. So moving forward now, we have whatever, 87 Grand Slams left. And the Canada Cup, we'll do a Continental Cup thing. Briar Scotty's World Champ, all that stuff. So we still got a lot of a lot of ways to go. Long way to go. But early on, we are tied in this event. So Scott, who are your four teams who are going to make the playoffs here? Okay, uh, guaranteed playoff winners, well, playoff makers, I would say. Brad Gushu, Nicholas Adine, John Epping, and Kevin Cooey. Okay. Whoa, I'm really picking uh, picking something here, hey. Yeah, really going all over the place uh, in your picks. I'm going to go with Gushu. I'm going to go with Nicodine. 
going to go with Kevin Cooey. And I'm also going to pick here, I think. Uh, can't go with three from that pool, can I? So, wait, who are my three? Read those back to me, Scott. I want to make sure I like those. Sean, Gushu, Adin, and Cooey. Gushu, Adin, Cooey. All right, give me Brad Jacobs as my fourth team okay. to go through into the playoffs here. And out of those teams, you know, until somebody beats them, I'm going to go with Brad Gushu to win. Brad Gushu to win. Okay. Yes. Okay. Until somebody beats him, that's who I'm going to go with. And, you know, at some point someone will beat him, but it's been a while. So uh, let's see. Let's see it happen. Okay. And then I'll get back into it. All right. And so mine, like I said, Kui, Adin, Gushu, and I have Epping as that fourth team, whereas you have Jacobs. And, uh, yeah, you know what? Give me John Epping. Give me uh, John Epping to come out of this one. I know I'm really bad at picking, but, uh, hey, we can only do our best, right? There you go. So, <laughs> Scotty's got the team Epping going east from Toronto, getting a big win. That veteran squad. So, now let's move on to the women's side. Again, we got 15 women's teams here. And let's start with Pool A. And with this team, we have... Uh, a very uh, an international majority here uh, yeah. in, in this pool. Uh, Tsuzuki Fujisawa, Anna Hasselberg, Casey Scheidegger, Jamie Sinclair, and Laura Walker. This is a very interesting pool. This is a, a, a pool that I would like the Pool A games to be the feature game every draw, basically. Really? Uh, I love these teams. I think they're all fun to watch. I, I don't think there's a team in here that isn't intriguing and a team that makes four good games. So I think this will be a really fun pool to watch. Uh, I think you're wrong, Sean. I think this is an Anna Hasselberg walkover. Every game in this <laughs> pool, I think their team outclasses everyone in here. Uh, the two Canadian teams are Scheidegger and Laura Walker, who are fringe contenders at nationals for me. Okay. Uh, Fujisawa, yeah, they're a good team, but uh, if if they're hot, sure, they can beat anybody, but uh, they haven't shown me anything so far this year. And uh, Jamie Sinclair, I mean, come on. like Their team is good. We picked them to make the playoffs at the Elite 10. They didn't do it. I, I would like to see them win, but come on, they're not Anna Hasselberg's team. This is an Anna Hasselberg pool. If she doesn't come out of this 4-0, I would be shocked. Okay, but... The other teams, the other four teams, and I agree. I said this last week. I think Anna Hasselberg is clearly the best team in the world, and she's the best kid in the world. I don't think there's any debate about this at this point. So you can put any four teams in here, and I would expect Anna Hasselberg to go 4-0 because they're the best team. Yes, yes, but I don't think the competition that they've put in this pool is... These are fun teams. They're fun. They're 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 fun, interesting teams that I like to watch. And I think Anna Hasselberg... Here's the thing about Anna Hasselberg... Best team in the world, absolutely. But they don't blow teams out in a way like you know Rachel Holman has done, where they'll win nine to one. Right? Anna Hasselberg will play games a little tighter, maybe a little more open. But I, I think that there's always room for teams to maneuver. I don't think it's a situation where you're going to see Anna Hasselberg beat Laura Walker. 10-2. It's not going to happen. So it's still going to be a fun game to watch. Okay. 
I I understand what you mean. I'm just coming out on fire with some hot takes today. Clearly, and uh, yeah, maybe it'll be fun, but I don't I don't know that the outcome of the games are in doubt. Okay, so that's the pool there. Um, Suzuki Fujisawa, I think that is the most fun team on tour. I'm always happy when they're around. Just balls of energy. They're so much fun to watch. They are really fun to watch. I'll agree. So uh, I, we really like them. Jamie Sinclair, we were very impressed with her at the Worlds last year. And uh, the run that she had, even though she only went 6-6. Six six, still, good run in the playoffs. So an interesting pool there. Pool B, we have the official team of the Game of Stones podcast in Chelsea Carey. Heck yeah. Jennifer Jones, Eve Muirhead, Darcy Robertson, and Nina Roth. Now, Scott, I don't know if you saw this, but the BBC caught up with Eve Muirhead yes, this week, I did uh, see had this. an interview with her. And what I thought was the most interesting thing in this interview with Eve Muirhead is how she talked about how much pain she has been in mm-hmm. currently in the past few years and how the surgery was necessary. Obviously, it's the time to do it coming off the Olympics, but that she now has to, or she at least feels as though she has to be very selective about the events in which she plays. Yes. And so we'll see a very different schedule for Eve Muirhead moving forward. And I'm curious to see whether or not this will alter the results, whether positively or negatively. Yeah, maybe, maybe Sean, but given the amount of pain she was in, I'm sure that her practice schedule was limited as it is. So, you know, being able to play at least some of the games, I'm not sure if she's announced that, She'll play all of the games here in in Truro. I know at the uh, Masters last week in Basel. No, that's this week at the one in Stockholm. Yes, the Stockholm, Stockholm Ladies Cup. Ladies Curling Cup. It's too many events now, Sean. <laughs> but uh, in that event, I don't think she played in every game. Uh, she had said she was going to play until she felt like she couldn't, and then you know sit out a game here and there. So. They do have a fifth player who's quite good, quite qualified. But we did see them at the World Cup. Playing without Eve is not the same as playing with Eve. No, it really isn't. Uh, But moving forward, we'll see how this plays out now. And hopefully that that, that hip, the surgery works and she continues to get stronger and that we don't have a recurrence of the issues that she had in the past. But it was very interesting interview yeah. and, and illuminating and, and she was and, super honest yeah she was very forthright yeah. about what she's gone through uh to the point where she wasn't having fun yeah. either i think you kind of see that too while she was playing yeah sometimes she get mad at anna and be <laughs> like oh why did you make me put me in this position yeah, uh. yeah and the way she would yell at vicky too and yeah. yeah so uh so there you go so that's pool b in this event anything you, anything, anything interesting i mean obviously chelsea carey the official team of the Game of Stones podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, she, their team sort of let us down a bit in that Elite 10. Yes. Uh, by a little bit, I mean a lot. But you know what? We're still pulling for them. I uh, hope they can pull out of it a little bit. And my Dark Horse team in this pool, Sean, has got to be Darcy Robertson. And they're a team out of Manitoba. They're uh, sort of a surprise to be so high on the order of merit. But uh, they're quite talented, very good. Uh, so I could see them being near the top of the pool when the week's over. I couldn't, but they uh, are a team that's... They've put up fights in the past. If, if I remember right, the Manitoba Provincials last year, they should have won uh, the yeah. Provincials. The, it, it shouldn't have been really close. They had Jennifer Jones on the run in that final, and they 
it came down to a, just a terrible steal in the, I think, ninth mm-hmm. end of that game. And Darcy Robertson should have represented Manitoba last year, which is crazy to say, of course, because Jennifer Jones wins the event, wins the event representing yeah. Manitoba. And arguably, she shouldn't have been there if Darcy Robertson plays a better ninth end in the final of the Manitoba Provincial. So this is a team that, yes, you can make a case is on the cusp. But, you know, similar to with Brad Gushu, I want to see someone beat him before I really get behind Darcy Robertson and believe that this is a team that can do something, I want to see it first. Sure. Uh, and until I, I see it at an event like this, I'm not going to go into the event expecting it. So another fun hypothetical there, if Darcy Robertson had beat Jennifer Jones, then Jennifer Jones' team, of course, would have played in that wild card game against Chelsea Carey, and Carey Anderson's team would not have been the, the team to play. Right, and that team that. probably would have broken up on the drive home from the <laughs> Manitoba Provincials. And yeah. that waited till. So a lot of crazy curling what ifs. Uh, Jennifer Jones has to be the favorite in this pool, but you know I think of the three pools. Well, we'll talk about Pool C, but of the three pools, I could see any one of four teams uh, winning this pool. Okay, I think it's less than that. Sure, but we'll agree to disagree there, and then let's move on then, Scotty, to Pool C. Yeah, so Pool C, we we're seeing the invincible Carrie Anderson team. <laughs> The Tracy Fleury coming in, skipping old Team Einerson uh, in this pool as well. Rachel Holman, uh, Silvana Terenzoni, and is it Caitlin Jones? I believe it is Caitlin Jones, yes. Caitlin Jones, uh, of course, junior champion out of Nova Scotia, earning the sponsor's exemption for this event. So we're getting that Nova Scotia representation, and it'll be an exciting young junior team uh, moving up into the ranks and... And uh, coming to play with what I'll say is the best pool. Uh, the the heaviest of hitters are in this pool. I mean, like we've seen Team Anderson. What have they lo- they lost an event all year? They've they've, they've done very very well. Like they they've they won they've the won last... four th- the three or four things they've been in. They have won. Yeah. They uh, we see Rachel Holman. Obviously, everybody knows Rachel Holman and her track record. So good. Uh, Tracy Flurry is tuning up to go to the uh, World Cup event in Omaha, uh, and then Sylvana Tiranzoni. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the final is in for the uh, Basel Women's Cup, and Sylvana Tiranzoni lost in the semifinal to Binia Felcher, but had a pretty great week. Uh, so, I mean, these are some world-class teams, and then this junior team. So I'm not as down on them as I am on Jamie Murphy, to be honest, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, if they get a winner, a win under their belts, it'll be a, a pretty good experience, I'd say, and it'll be a fun experience being at this event with all these great teams. But that said, until Carrie Anderson's team loses, I, I got to pick them because you can't go wrong uh, picking a team that never loses. No, it's true. You really, you really can't go wrong there. I think it'll be fun to see. Anderson against Tracy Fleury. Yeah. It feels like that is not a coincidence that they're in the same pool. Yeah, it'll be a fun game. So right? good job by the Grand Slam of curling on that one. And I love when they set this. This has to be the TV game whenever it is they play. It really, yeah. like, you, you can't, it's it's not nearly the same as when Kathy Overton Clapham was Team Manitoba playing Jennifer Jones as Team Canada in the Scotties and Summerside, I believe it was, where that building yeah. was just 
intense. It was a Wednesday night. It was one of the greatest curling games ever uh, in terms of fan interest and the involvement of the crowd, even the players. All the other sheets ended first, and Kathy made a, a ridiculous shot, I believe in the eighth or ninth end, mm. and uh, all the other players just stayed uh, on the end boards, and we're watching the game and cheering her on. It was so overt that everybody wanted her to win. I don't think it's going to be that level because I don't think it's the same thing. We don't have a clear sort of hero yeah. and villain, if you will, in the same way that we did with the Kathy O, Jennifer Jones stuff. But that game will still be very fun to watch, knowing and reading everything that's come out about how the interpersonal dynamics of Team Anderson were very off for the past couple of years. So it'll just be, you don't expect them to argue or to, to have anything happen, but it's sort of fun to see now on the other side of things how it'll go. Yeah, it'll be really, really cool. And that's, uh, it's draw three that they'll be playing against each other, Sean. Uh, at eleven thirty in the morning, so it'll be it'll be that Wednesday morning. Uh, not not exactly the best uh, best time for that game to be on TV, but no, uh, maybe I'll have to call in sick. Yeah, maybe I'll be uh, dialing it up on the old interweb at yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. So look and looking here at their schedule, they've played five events, won four of them. They won the last four. four yeah. The first one that they played in, which was the Gold Line Icebreaker at the Granite, they went two and two in that event. But it happened in August, so it doesn't count. Yeah, nothing counts in August. <laughs> so they've won the, the four events since uh, the calendar turned to September. So obviously you got to look at them as a major favorite here at the Masters. So All right. as we uh, move on, is there anyone else we want to really talk about? Rachel Holman coming back. We'll see what happens with them. They're obviously good. a threat great team they're great <laughs> there's really nothing else to say yeah about them so let's go through let's pick our teams here scott all right i'm gonna let you go first sean so i can write it down okay so again the rules are we're picking four and a champion and a point for each of those things being correct so give me anna hasselberg of course give me jennifer jones carrie anderson and i will also take eve muirhead here as my fourth team and for the champions, you know, I said it last week, and uh, I'm not going to back off of this Anna Hasselberg as the best team in the world, but... Oh, you're not picking them to win? I'm not. I'm going to pick Carrie Anderson. Somebody somebody has to beat them. Either someone's going to beat them. It'll be fun to see yeah. a great game. Yeah. Or they're just going to keep running through everything. And remember, they did not play in the Elite Ten. No, they They didn't. weren't there, so... This is their first Grand Slam of the year. This will be fun to see this team coming through as a buzzsaw. I don't know if, if everyone out there got to read last Monday, Tuesday, but Sportsnet, TSN, and CBC all had stories about Carrie Anderson and how on fire this team has been. And they have, you know, for as much as there's really any attention to curling at this time of the year, they've got a lot of attention for what they've done and going into this event you know when you don't lose it's hard to pick against you now Anna Hasselberg also has done very well also not lost Um, that being said give me Carrie Anderson 
they haven't flown across the Atlantic Ocean two times in the past couple of weeks. So that's yeah. my rationale. That's fair. Between picking between Hasselberg and Anderson. Yeah, you're right, Sean. I'm still recovering from, <laughs> from my trip uh, across the ocean. So I understand where you're coming from there. I'm going to pick Hasselberg and Anderson for the same reasons as you. My other playoff teams give me Rachel Holman as that second team uh, from Pool C. And, and you know what? I'm on the, the train of the Team of Stones. Team, yeah. ga- team Game of Stones. Team of Stones. I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes, I don't think they know it, but yes. Whatever. Che- team Chelsea Carey. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm not going to pick them to win again because that was a disaster. But you know what? A few more events under their belts. Let's uh, give them into the playoffs. And I'm going to pick uh, Rachel Homan. Okay. To win this All one. Right. They seem to play better when they play uh, in Ontario or East. So, for that reason, give me Team Holman. All right. And remember, we're only picking four teams each. Eight teams do make the playoffs. That's too many teams. In these Sean. events. It's the NHL. Come it's on. a lot of teams that make the playoffs, but it's a quarter, semi, and then the final. But it does lead to great TV. Uh, the way yeah. Sportsnet does cover it. Yeah. So I uh, should just point out, too, by the way, that Scott Moore has announced that he is leaving Sportsnet. Scott Moore was very instrumental in yeah. Sportsnet getting the Grand Slam in terms of purchasing it. Because mm-hmm. uh, you remember it used to be owned by a different company. It was on Global randomly. Uh, and Scott Moore was very influential in that. Yeah. So, uh, a, you know, a happy trails to Scott Moore from Sportsnet. But you wonder if, if this might change the arithmetic of Sportsnet's involvement with the Grand Slam. You, n- you never know. You don't know. and But uh, he was certainly the champion for it. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And a lot of uh, tributes on Twitter there that this weekend to him, uh, or last weekend actually was when it was announced. And, uh, yeah, I mean, best of luck to him. He, he's a big reason that we have all of this stuff, and we have all this stuff to talk about, Sean. Exactly. So without uh, Scott Moore, maybe uh, maybe you and me aren't sitting down here. <laughs> uh, shooting the breeze about curling. Exactly. Exactly. So let's go uh, now into some of the results from this past weekend as we look at what happened in the world of curling. I want to talk real quick about the event out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. There was a mixed doubles event there. The reason why I think this was notable was that Mark Kennedy makes his triumphant return from the taking a step away from curling crew and comes in and plays with Rachel Homan. Plays mixed doubles with Rachel. In Ra- yeah, so uh, I, I don't even think I need to tell you who else was in the field for you to guess that they won because they won. And uh, it wasn't really close. Didn't I read a stat that yesterday after the round robin or something, they, they had gone 44-9 to nine against all the teams they played in the round robin? So... Yeah, it wasn't really close. No, it wasn't. So they won uh, 11-2, to 13-3, 10-1, 9-2, 9-4, 8-4, 7-4, 6-4, 6-5, 6-6, 6-7, 6-8, 6-9, 6-10, 6-11, 6-12, 6-13, 6-14, 6-15, 
uh, obviously. Are those, are those the good teams? Those were the good teams <laughs> uh, in this field. In terms of like players that you know of and have, right. have heard of. So going into it, you would have expected this team to win. But yes, they outscored their, their opponents 55-18, to 18, averaged uh, a, a very high points per game, and the plus-minus was very, very strong. So okay. you can't really uh, complain about what they did there. But uh, it's just to say that Mark Kennedy even if he hasn't played in a while, is still one of the best in the world. Yeah, And no stick him with the one of the best women's players in the world. And uh, I feel bad for everybody else who showed up at Sherwood Park. Yeah, these players were probably like, oh boy, this will be fun. Get to play some mixed doubles. like, And then, oh man. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. So... Um, so oh, there's, there, there you go there out there in Sherwood Park. Now let's talk about the event in Basel real quick. Yeah. The women's event out there, a all-Swiss final. All-Swiss final of uh, Binia Felcher against Elena Stern. Uh, this Elena Stern team, uh, based on their pictures, look pretty young. So uh, maybe, maybe that's why I have not heard tell of them. But uh, Elena Stern comes out on top in the final against Binia Felcher. They win 6-4, to four, run them out of rocks in the 8th. Uh, so good on this uh, young Swiss team for winning. Uh, I did happen to catch the Binia Felcher against Sylvana Tiranzoni semifinal, which was quite interesting. Uh, it, in the 7th end, which is when I started watching, uh, it was Felcher was up by 2. And somehow let Tiranzoni get all these rocks in play. And they had a chance to score four. They only got three. It was a, a measure for that fourth point. So uh, they got three. And then in the last end, I don't know. It was like Tiranzoni was trying these draws. And it wasn't the rocks weren't curling enough or as much as they thought they were going to. Ended up uh, giving up two. And Binia Velcher didn't have to throw her last. So some interesting conditions there. They had a, a cool YouTube uh, video of it. Some uh, Swiss guys were, were calling the game. They were a little uh, a little bit of popping on the microphone, but otherwise <laughs> it was really great. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was awesome that I can do this stuff on a Sunday morning, wake up and watch curling. Watch so, the curling, yeah. So uh, really so. fun, and uh, congratulations to uh, Team Stern. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a very big win there for them over in Basel, and. Uh, with that, that's sort of an update on what happened this past weekend. The Canadiens event is finishing up, or, or finished up, I should say, on Monday night. So we will uh, we'll do a we'll do a wrap up uh, tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll wrap that up. Onto the back yeah, end of so as you're listening to this, this will only take a second. But for us, we're going to sleep on this and see what happens in the event out there in. Winnipeg. So we'll be back with you tomorrow. So real quick, there is one note that has come up since we first recorded this episode. Curling Canada has announced that they will review the rules with regards to residency. This, of course, in wake of the announcement that Team Rachel Holman will have a guaranteed spot in the Scotties. If they don't win Ontario, they will get one of the wildcard spots they will play in that game, but that has raised questions about residency with Rachel Holman and Joanne Courtney living in Alberta and Lisa Weagle and Emma Miskew living here 
in Ottawa. Now, this is allowed under the current rules because Rachel Holman is a full-time student at the University of Alberta, so they're not breaking any rules, but it has prompted some questions about residency, and the one import rule seems to not be working as well as Curling Canada would like it, so this will be under review. No firm anything yet. Seems like something that they probably should have done last summer or even before the Olympics in preparation for this cycle. Now there will be a lot of teams switching up at the end of the season as well. It's really more, it's a four-year cycle, but it's really those last three years that are the more important ones. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully there is some sort of an announcement before the spring and teams can rejig based on that. And we, we might get into this a little bit more in the future, but right now there's really not much to talk about in terms of actual news, more speculation. So with that, let's move on to the Canada Inns event, the men's event last weekend. And it was team Brandon Botcher coming out with the victory there. They beat Kevin Cooey in the final. The interesting thing here is that Kevin Cooey beat Karsten Sturme in the semifinals. And what we have now is Botcher, Cooey, and Sturme looking forward to the Alberta Provincials. This is going to be uh, an amazing provincial event, the Boston Pizza Cup, I think is what it's called there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sturme played Botcher in the final last year with Brandon Botcher, Brandon Botcher winning. Carson Sturme, his team from the University of Alberta, won the CIS championship last year. Young team coming together, obviously very strong and what we thought might be a two-team race out in Alberta from the top end, Carson Sturmey, his team is very much announcing themselves as someone to look out for. And the Botcher team still young themselves. This could be a really good rivalry for a very long time. So something to look out for there with three of the four finalists out in Winnipeg coming from Manitoba. Brad Jacobs with the other semifinalists here. The playoffs, you have Jason Gunlison, Glenn Howard, Matt Dunstone, and Braden Calvert also making the playoffs there. The, the surprises, otherwise, John Schuster misses the playoffs, as does the Reed Carruthers, Mike McEwen squad. Kirk Myers misses the playoffs as well. Tanner Horgan may be a bit surprising that they did not do better. They were out pretty early in this event, and, you know, a new team there. So we'll see what happens out in Northern Ontario, but a lot of hopes for Tanner Horgan. Tough week out in Winnipeg. So there you have it. That's what happened at Winnipeg last weekend. And congratulations to team Brandon Botcher. Boy, Sean, what, uh, what Shocker. drama and intrigue. Wow, what an event out there in Winnipeg. Congratulations to the winners, of course, uh, and to that team. A major victory for that squad at the Canadiens. Major victory. Men's Classic. In Winnipeg, getting some good momentum moving into the rest of the season. That is correct. Yes, and speaking of momentum, Scott, go to the Fergus Curling Club. Best curling club in Ontario, arguably. Uh, obviously, it has the best numbering system in Ontario. Yeah. Where the, the sheets are numbered after the year the club opened. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive and really cool. and. You know, everybody says, oh, I don't like playing on uh, an outside sheet. I don't like playing on sheet eight. Well, at the Fergus Curling Club, sheet eight is an inside sheet. So you can always depend on having a good game on sheet eight. Absolutely. And in their spiels, you get piped on the ice. 
Who doesn't love getting piped on the ice? Love getting piped. And if you're lucky, the bartender the night that you're playing could be Steve or Sue Graham. And I can't think of a greater uh, privilege or an honor than to have one of those two fine individuals serving as your bartender. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so shout out to the Fergus Curling Club. And uh, thanks to them for their support of the show. Thanks to everybody for listening. As always, please do enjoy the Masters this upcoming week. I know we're dropping this you know, before the weekend where it starts, but we just wanted to get a head start on it because it starts a little earlier than most of the other Grand Slams. So please do enjoy the Masters coming up. And if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is you get your show. Give us a like, all that fun stuff. You can follow the show on Twitter at Game of Stones Pod. On Instagram at Game of Stones Pod as well. We have the Facebook group or the Facebook page that you can like. You can also email the show at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. Scott on Twitter at Scott Likes TV. I am on Twitter at Dr. Shawnee Fever. We will be back with you next week to recap all the fun and frivolity from out there in Truro, Truro Nova Scotia. But Until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.